Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. There is a productivity movement happening, and I am honored to bring you David Allen, one of the most influential thinkers and authors on the topic. His best-selling book, the groundbreaking Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, has been published in 30 languages. The GTD methodology teaches you how to stay relaxed and productive in our fast-paced world. You'll hear him explain what is GTD, ways to free up time so you can better serve your clients, employees, family, and friends, and handle all of life's demands in a more organized way. Please subscribe to Doing CX Right on your favorite podcast channel, share it with others, and leave me a review. It would mean so much. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, David Allen. Welcome to the Doing CX Right show. Thanks for the invitation, Stacey. Glad to be here. I have been following you for quite some time because you have an approach to getting organized, getting things done in a way that really works. So I'm I'm so excited to bring the gift of you to my audience. And before we get into that, can you share who are you? What do you do professionally? Well, for the last oh, 35 plus years, I've had my, I started my own consulting practice, discovered best practices for staying focused and in control and giving yourself more mental space for myself. Started turning those into uh, services I was providing to my consulting clients, produced the same kind of results for them that it did for me. And then uh, I wound up uh, being seen by somebody in the big corporate training world. And he said, gee, our whole culture needs that. So I found myself thrust into the corporate training business. So for the last 35 years, I've been you know, considered an expert in personal productivity, coaching and training. And now, you know, since my book, Getting Things Done, kind of went worldwide, was a bestseller, the world kind of knocked on our door. So we now have licensees that we've certified to deliver our coaching and training all over the world. And a lot of what I'm doing now is helping support that and, you know, keep the brand alive and well, quality, quality up. Why? Why your passion around getting things done? Well, first of all, it was just a good job. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm primarily an educator. I'm not really an entrepreneur, so aspirationally oriented materially. So uh, finding something that was useful to anybody in any situation that improved their conditions was just a wonderful thing to to come across and to, to be able to make a career out of that. Wow. You know, how good could it get? So, you know, anybody who reads any of my material or takes any of our trainings or gets any of our coaching, all it does is improve their conditions and work and life, you know, and, and without fail. So, wow, to have been blessed to have run across or uncovered a methodology that is that uh, bulletproof and that uh, universally useful, you know, how cool is that? So, I don't... I think passion is overrated. I, you know, I, I think I think satisfied 
you know, it's a very satisfactory thing to be doing. You know, it's a better, probably a better term uh, for mm-hmm. me anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, a, that's an excellent term because customer experience, employee experience, we're all aiming for satisfaction. So it absolutely makes sense. What's one fact that people may not know about you? That I had 35 jobs before I was 35 uh, because I didn't sort of really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I've had probably 25 hobbies. You know, I have about a two-year hobby uh, span. (laughs) So I jump into things, find out about them, enjoy them, and then, you know, then I kind of say, okay, well, I did that, then I move on. So I played bridge, I played go, I played poker. I've played the flute, I've played guitar, I've played electric bass. I have grown bonsai plants. I do ikebana, you know, Japanese flower arranging. I paint. So, mm. you know, so I'm a, I'm a sort of a jack of all trades in terms of hobbies. And, you know, after 35 jobs, you know, I just found that uh, you either are a consultant or a flake. So I decided to take the positive route. <laughs> so, mm, I like that. Uh, so I, I moved into that. Well, a lot of my jobs were, I, I was more interested in sort of my own personal development, my own spiritual explorations, you know, in, in my 20s. So I just needed a job to pay the rent. Uh, so I, again, I wasn't, I was more interested in the introspective world and finding out how all that works. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I had a bunch of friends who, they seemed to know what they wanted to do. And so they were starting businesses or had small businesses themselves. And so I became a really good number two guy. So I would just go in and help them do what they were doing. Uh, usually I'd go in and look and see what they were doing and say, how much easier can we do this? Because I'm just Mr. Lazy. And, uh, you know, now they call that process improvement. But I would <laughs> help improve their process. And then I'd get bored. And so I'd leave and go find another job. Then I discovered one day they actually pay people to do that. They call them something. So, you know, couldn't spell consultant. Now I are one, you know, 1982 <laughs> hung out, hung out my shingle, you know, Allen Associates. And so I figured, so I just became, I said, well, let me see if I can just sell myself on a project by project basis. And that's how it all started, you know, way back then. I think your story is going to inspire a lot of people, especially uh, Gen Z who's coming out of college, these 20 year olds and it's hard. You don't always know what you're going to do or what you want to do. And the fact that you and many people, it just evolves. And so it's it's a good reminder. Have faith, but try a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I was, I was uh, 55 when I wrote Getting Things Done. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, mm. that's, and, you know, I'll be 76 next month. So, uh, I'd say you're still lots of good, lots of time. If you're in your twenties, you got lots of time to explore, you know, and and uh, sort of let it let the chips fall as they may. Well, let's get into your book and GTD. What? Let's backtrack here. What What is GTD? It's a set of best practices uh, about how you keep your head clear and stay focused on the most meaningful stuff, and give yourself, you know, appropriate space. Uh, mentally and psychologically to focus on the, the cool stuff and, 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 you know, not be distracted. So it's just a, and I didn't make it up. I just recognize what we do when we get a clear head or what, you, what we need to do in order to keep your head undistracted. 
And I just discovered those piece by piece. I didn't wake up one morning with some grand epiphany about this whole thing. Believe me, that's a, <laughs> there were a lot of, there was an awful lot of uh, trial and error and ex- exploration myself over several years uh, to sort of put all this together. But at some point, it started to show up, started to become like a whole uh, intact methodology that uh, basically handled how do I manage across my busy days and weeks and how do I manage priorities in terms of the, the horizons of commitments that I have. And, you know, and it encompasses all of that. So that's, that's mm-hmm. actually what it is. I mean, there's some basics of it that are, that are, it, it's, it's not like a new technology or some new foreign language. Uh, all the moves in there, I mean, you know, Stacey, if you read the book, there's nothing in there that you don't already do to some degree. You know how to write things down. You know how to get stuff out of your head. You know how to make action decisions. You know how to focus on positive outcomes. You know how to keep lists. You know how to step back and look at your list and look at your calendar and see what the bigger picture is that you're doing. You know how to focus yourself today and tomorrow. So these are not new behaviors. It's just very few people do those in a consistent manner. And they're not things you're born doing. You didn't hop out of your mom and go, gee, mom, what are we trying to accomplish? And what's the next action? Is that yours or mine? You know? <laughs> no, you, you, this is something you actually need to learn. And it's actually a muscle that you can train so that you can think this way uh, in a much more appropriate way. It's really a thought process as much as anything. A lot of people think it's about organizing and tools and so forth. And, you know, tools are important, but it's really more about the thought process that you need to apply so you know how to work any tool. Mm. And I want to make sure people understand when I said GTD, what it stands for, which is getting things done. Yeah, and it's f- so funny, Stacey. That was a, you, you've been in sort of the, the the marketing arena, but that was a we never did any marketing. GTD was our shorthand for getting things done when the book came out, and we just used that as our shorthand for it. And it turned out that it kind of hit a nerve out there, and so it spread, especially in the tech world. That the, the tech world caught on to this very, very, very completely, really around the world. It was one of the first non-tech memes that went across the whole tech world because it's an intact methodology and it makes a lot of the tech stuff make a lot more sense, you know, for people mm-hmm. once they once they know how to do it. And so it was this brand that kind of ran out from under us, you know, the little brand that could. <laughs> and suddenly, so we at some point we couldn't we couldn't help it. Because everybody's going, oh, GTD, GTD. What's whoa? And you know, we we couldn't we couldn't push that river back. So so we just kind of had to hop on and and uh, go with the flow in terms of having GTD be a global brand. What a wonderful journey! So your methodology enables employees to be more productive and perhaps save time. And I want to go into some of your actionable tips because if you have more time, if you save time from doing some of the mundane things and repetitive things and you're organized, in the end, you'll be able to service customers better and each other better. So what are some of the things you talk about in GTD that people can actually do today? Oh, very specific stuff. You know, there's there, there are five core uh, behaviors that you need to do to get anything sort of under control, get your head clear and stay focused and undistracted. First of all, you need to capture stuff that has your attention. 
you know, get it out of your head. Your head's a crappy office. And most people, that's the biggest problem is most people trying to use their head to remember, remind, prioritize, and manage relationships. And your brain didn't evolve to do that. So the f- step one is to make sure that you identify stuff that has your attention, get it out of your head. And then step two, you need to then clarify exactly what those things mean and what you're going to do about them, if anything. You know, what outcome are you committed to complete and what's the action step you need to take to move it forward? And that's the thought process you really need to apply to the stuff that's got your attention. And then if you can't finish the stuff in two minutes or less, you need to then park some of those reminders in some sort of a list, some sort of an external brain somewhere. So you're reminded of the errands you need to run, stuff you need to talk to your life partner about, things you need to do at the computer, things you're waiting on to come back from other people, et cetera. And so organizing you know, the, the commitments that you have and the things that have your attention that matter to you in some coherent way is step three, is organized. And then step four is to make sure that you step back and reflect on the contents of all that stuff on some consistent basis. So anybody listening or watching this who's looked at their calendar, you know, in the last day or two, that's, you did that. You stepped back and looked at the larger picture from a little higher perspective. Maybe it was just today or tomorrow or the next week or so. But that gives you a, a more of a sense, kind of locate yourself in space and time. And that's the reflection process. And that may be reflect on your life purpose, reflect on the, the purpose and principles in your company, reflect on your goals and objectives, reflect on your job descriptions, reflect on all the projects you're trying to manage and keep track of, and then reflect on all the different actions that you need to take, you know, on all the moving parts of everything. And so that reflection process is step four. So we've captured, we've clarified, we've organized, then we step back and reflect on the game. And then step five is basically you then put your attention and your activity on some trusted place. Okay. Once you've done, if you've done step one through four, then you're making trusted choices about what you do and what, where you put your focus. Not, gee, I hope this is right or being driven by latest and loudest. So it puts you back in the driver's seat. It doesn't make life easy. It just puts you in control. And boy, do we need a sense of control in a very chaotic world. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, come on, that chaotic world is it also has great opportunity. You know, I had one of my hobbies was sailing, and I had a, a nice big sailboat that I had in, in Marina del Rey in, in California. And, uh, you know, you can't control the tide, you can't control the wind, you can't control the weather, but don't, but don't, don't let go of the steering wheel, <laughs> right? Don't, don't let go of the helm. So, but some, sometimes those, you know, heavy wind or, Big waves or whatever can be totally fun as long as you've got control of the boat. So it, it, it's not about the world is fine, Stacy. Just look, it's not overwhelmed, it's not tired. Right? It's only how we engage with our world that makes us feel overwhelmed or tired. So you know, a lot of my methodology was how do I make sure that I am appropriately engaged with my world. So you don't particularly care about your neighbor's email, you know. You just need to be in, appropriately engaged with yours. So, so that that that's that's a, a version of the story of God. Yes, it, and it's a it, it's a chaotic world in the sense that uh, what the digital world has done and social media have just increased the volume and speed uh, of inputs and you know and access to a, a whole lot of stuff and a lot of the stress is just infinite opportunity. How many things could you be doing when you get off this call with me, Stacy? You know, 
Yeah, and the internet doesn't sleep. <laughs> Hardly. So that's that's part of the uh, problem and opportunity at the same time. Sure. If you know what you're doing, it's a great time to be alive. Come on, I'm in Amsterdam, you're in New Jersey, and we're talking like we're next door, right? So yes. how cool is that? You know, 15 years ago, you said, well, you're going to be doing what? So, you know, again, but we need to know what we're doing <laughs> to feel comfortable that we're not being distracted while we're trying to do this by a whole bunch of other stuff we haven't managed well. So what do you say to people who are like me, working in corporate by day, doing the passion projects by night, and I've got multiple emails and others as well are getting hit by social media, instant messaging, text messaging. I mean, we're getting clobbered with messages. So in this instance, what would you say to someone like me who is trying to stay focused, but yet clobbered is the word that comes to mind. It's it's a lot. Well, there's a magic word. It's two, two letters called N-O. <laughs> I didn't it's think a, you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. It's a, magic, it's, a, it's a magic word called, I don't think now. See, you've put on hold everything right now except talking to me. I've put on hold everything but talking to you. Right. Do we feel good about that or do we feel bad about that? Right. Great. So as long as you're feeling good about the choices you're making out of all that, the infinite opportunities, who cares? What a great, it's great to go to a restaurant that has a menu that big. <laughs> right? How many things could you be choosing to do? You know, in, in a sense, people relax more when they're in a crisis because it, it just eliminates all those opportunities, you know? Oh, is that true? Because I remember one of my best presentations I've done was actually when I was so tired. I was exhausted <laughs> and I had no room in my brain for anything. And I just turned everything off and I showed up and I was focused because I was so tired. There wasn't even capacity to be jolted by anything. So there's yeah. truth to if that. Any, if anybody watches my first, the first TEDx I did at Claremont College, you know, I tell a story of being on a sailboat uh, and, and, uh, and running into serious problems. You know, almost almost got me and my girlfriend at the time uh, drowned, and the and the boat crashed against a huge cliff. You know, it had to be rescued by the coast guard. But I talk about you know the fact that in the middle of all that, we looked up at this gorgeous moon, and just had this incredible Zen moment. It's like <laughs> so because there was no other option; there was nothing else to do. And the whole point mm. of that is that you can get to that same sort of clear space without having to be in a crisis. So that was my, I guess, after the fact, aha, about getting things done. It's about how do I get to that clear space so that I have free uh, ability to put my attention where I want, the way I want, when I want, uh, without having to be in a crisis to get into that space. Oh, that's beautifully said. And we need that more in the workplace because you can't have empathy and you can't listen to customers and each other without that space and focus. So it's a great reminder. Now you say list is a dirty word. What do you mean by that? 
Well, most people's lists are nothing but incomplete lists of still unclear things that when they look at them, they they <laughs> create almost as much stress as they relieved. So there there's lists and there's lists. I got a bunch of lists, but they're nice and clear. I don't have to rethink anything. They're the result of having finished my thinking. So when I look at my list of errands, I don't need to think, what is that and why is that on that list? I know exactly why it's on that list, and that's, what's, and, and that's, what, it, that's what it is. I made that decision about the next action and then parked that on the list. So lists are great. you know. So when I say list is a dirty word, it just simply means that most people uh, resist the idea of lists. And they think, because I have, golly, I don't know how many lists I have. You know, I have checklists for travel. I have, I have all kinds of checklists. I have all kinds of, I have all kinds of lists. Come on, your calendar is a list, right? All those things are just, you know, keeping track of stuff that I need to be able to see when I'm in a certain context. So my brain doesn't have to keep remembering, reminding, prioritizing, whatever all that stuff is. I go out for errands. It's obvious what my errands are. I've already made that decision. I don't need to rethink anything. But see, if you look at most people's to-do lists, you see things like mom. <laughs> well, great. You probably had one. Some good historical data. Well, why'd you, why did you write it down? Well, her birthday's coming. Great. What are you going to do about mom's birthday? I don't know. Yeah. And that's the problem is that people still have captured stuff and a lot of stuff on their list is still unclear in terms of mm-hmm. what exactly it means. And they haven't finished their thinking. And if you haven't finished your thinking about mom and birthday, mom and birthday keep spinning like a little squirrel in your brain. It'll wake you up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh my God, what am I going to do about mom's birthday? So you need to finish your thinking. And a lot of what are on my list is is having finished thinking. Now here's the appropriate reminder in the appropriate place and space that when I'm in a context, like talking to my wife about the business of life stuff and the renovation of our apartment that's going on, I've already made all those decisions. I don't have to keep rethinking what do I need to think about that. Well, I also love in your book, you talk about putting your list in actually, and you just said the context. So the list of when I'm in the office and those are the things I have to do so that it's easy. I mean, we do it naturally in a supermarket. We have a shop shopping list, but applying that to other parts of our life. Yeah, common sense, but most people don't do it. No, I love that. That's a, it, I remember that stood out to me. Do you think it's different for the younger generation versus the older generation, Gen Z, Gen X, in terms of GTD and the approach? Because we grow up very differently, even in our communication styles. Is there any difference in the generations? Not really. I mean, this is universal stuff. This has been true for 100 years and will be for 300 years. No matter who, no matter who does this, these things will help anybody who's got a busy life be uh, more focused and clearer and less stress. And, you know, there are different personality types. Some people love the detail stuff. Some people love the big picture stuff. And everybody's got some sort of a weak suit there. And so I think in the newer generations, you know, especially these days, as long as they're not in crisis mode, they, they want quality of life probably more than ever before. So, you know, yeah, they're aspirational kids and entrepreneurs and so forth. But a lot of people just say, look, I want to make sure I have a nice life. 
And so there is a, there, there is a, there's a big interest for that reason in getting things done, you know, for the kids that still want to be able to have a nice, you know, busy life and, you know, have a decent living and good career and, you know, follow their hobbies and, and so forth or have a family, boy. You know, all is, is, <laughs> if you're single and young and 23, it's all an adrenaline rush. You get bored going home anyway, right? But as soon as you got kids or dogs or, yes. you know, or, you know, as soon as you grow up a little bit, you think it's going to get easier? Nah. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. No. Yeah. No. And, and <laughs> yeah. they're, they're also more of a texting generation. I mean, I'll often remind more one child than the other to go check your email. Don't forget you have email. Like it's, it's, it is very different. I think they actually simplify their lists better than the older generation, but that's a generalization. Yeah. I mean, the texting general generation is, you know, a friend of mine, Theo Compernoli wrote a book, Brain Chains. He's Belgian. He's a brilliant professor and researcher and psychologist and Anyway, the, his book is a rant about the younger generation that it just doesn't do any deep thinking because of all the texting and all the social media stuff. They don't give themselves reflection time. They're not taking time to, you know, go a little more inner and think of things in a little deeper way. I'm, I don't have that kind of rant. It's like, hey, live and learn. You know, don't worry. You know, uh, you'll get older. That solves a lot of stuff, you know, so... No, no, the alternative is we're dead. So no, (laughs) (laughs) got to get older, got to get older and keep learning for sure. Well, GTD, anything else that you want to leave with my audience here? And I would say, actually, if I had tons of people in my room right now, leaders, CEOs, managers, what are the key takeaways that you want them to know to be able to focus more, be more productive, applying some of your principles? I'd say don't rob yourself of what you consider the most important, valuable things in your life. Because a lot of times people get to that stage because of their aspirations and their success and they're good. They're really good at what they do. Uh, but sometimes that spin can just spin more than their emotional, psychological, spiritual life actually wants to tolerate or should tolerate for them to be mm-hmm. feel balanced and relaxed and to be even a better leader, to really model what it's like to have a quality of life, you know, in addition to your work. Uh, and that, especially these days, because, you know, the big trend uh, is self-organizing organizations. So... You know, when when my small company, when we implemented Holacracy, which is a self-organizing operating system, you know, I was able to distribute my stress <laughs> to the rest of my staff, which was fabulous. And so uh, being able to mo- monitor and manage that appropriately. Just a little sidebar, uh, Stacy, is that I've had so many sort of GTD champions and aficionados really get this and get so excited because now with this tool, with this methodology, they can get so much more done and be so cool. And then after a couple of years, they go, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm giving myself way too much to do because I thought I could do it all. And so a lot of their awakening is, well, wait a minute, 
you know, it has as much to do with the quality of life. And, uh, and, and so that you, you're not over committing and then burning out. And so I'd be just be careful about that for people personally at that stage in terms of CEOs or whatever. And I've coached Mm -hmm. some of the best and brightest, believe me. Uh, and Mm -hmm. many times that's, that's their biggest issue. Sometimes it's their personal life that that's gone to hell in a handbasket because of all the attention they put on their career, and so they, mm. you know, and that started to eat at them and started to grab their attention in subtle ways sometimes. So I just say, just be aware, you to be conscious of what you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with being a twenty four seven career man or woman. You know, go for it until it doesn't work. But as soon as things start to not work, that's where GDD comes in. See, this getting things done, if, if your life is on cruise control, fine, you know, don't bother. But if it's not, what's not? And getting more sensitive and subtle about recognizing what has your attention about what needs to be changed or what needs to be different than it currently is. Once you recognize that, do you know how to make that change and to make it different? That's where getting things done, you know, is a great tool. Well, I also believe that our brains, I imagine you have to really know the sense of the brain. And what I mean by that is, if you take me versus my husband, my husband doesn't have a single list. Everything is in his head of what he needs to do. And he must not put all the things that I do each day. He's able to minimize it because you only have so much space in your head. And then for me, I go through life and I see, I get excited by a lot of things. And I know that I have to write it down because then I can get it out of my head and keep moving on. But the key is putting it in the right place now, soon or later, or maybe never. But it's, I just see the difference between my husband and I, and I can imagine you have the full gamut of people. Yeah. Well, again, if all that works for him, you know, fine. Uh, but your brain did not evolve to remember, remind, prioritize, or manage relationships between more than four things. That's new cognitive mm. research and science. Mm. So as soon as you're trying to keep track of more than four things, you're going to sub-optimize your cognitive ability. You won't be able to think as clearly, be as free in your head to think about what you want to think about when you want to think about it. And don't shoot the messenger. I just discovered that experientially and just, you know, on the street really 35 years ago. But the cognitive scientists in the last 10 years just read, you know, there's there's tons of books out there that, that talk about, you know, the fact that your brain did not evolve to do. Your brain evolved to do very cool stuff. You and I are doing that right now, which is long-term history and pattern recognition. So you're sitting there going, oh, that's a computer. Oh, that's a that's David. That's a guy. That's a book. That's a light. Yeah. You, that and the computers can barely even do that now. So your your brain evolved to do that, but you go to the store for lemons, you come back with six things and no lemons. You know what happened? You know <laughs> you tried you tried to use your head as your office, and it sucks as an office. So oh. if your husband can make life work, you know doing that, I don't care. Doesn't, doesn't bother me. Or it just gets less done and okay with it. As long as it's okay with it, yeah, that's fine. Yay. Yes. Yes. Do you have a preference, by the way, with in getting things done electronically versus 
handwritten. I know a lot of people keep changing their approaches, as do I, to find that sweet spot. Do you have an opinion? Uh, my capture is 99% uh, low-tech because no batteries required, no Wi-Fi anywhere. So on my desk, God knows when, you know, lightning struck twice today. So, you know, a couple of things grabbed uh, as they occurred to me while I was doing something else. Also, when I'm out and about, you know, that goes with me wherever credit cards, pin cards goes with me with a little pin, a little notepad. So, and that's, I've done that for 35 years, right? So, so low tech to me, is for capturing. Now, I manage lists on my computer, so I use, we've now migrated to Office uh, 365, so you know, I'm using the to-dos there, and I use uh, OneNote for a lot of my lists and checklists and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I, I use both, kind of whichever is the easiest. If you know what to do, you can use any of these tools. I used a paper-based planner for 20-plus years, and it was a great tool because you could see the whole thing. You could, it was physical. You could... You could mark, you could highlight stuff once they were done. And, you know, it was, it was a great, great tool. So in a way, I kind of missed that. But you know, the advantage is that there's no perfect tool because if you're if you're paper paper based, you don't have all the links and all the copy and paste and all the all that cool stuff you could do you know digitally. Uh, but if you're digital, you don't have the touch and feel. You got how many screens do you have to look at to see what to do? You know. And uh, if you're, especially if you're an ADD or ADHD type person, where your attention tends to be distracted quickly, you won't go past two two clicks before you get mm. frustrated. You won't do it. Mm. And so, a lot of mm. people, a lot of people we have coached who are in that syndrome have gone back to paper planners simply because it's easier, it's faster, it's more accessible, you know, mm. uh, easily. So again, no right. There's no right. There's no right or wrong about any of that. So what will you do? <laughs> what do you use? You know? Yeah. And how do you bucket the? How do you categorize and bucket things, which you talk a lot about in your book, and yeah. so helpful. Yeah, but well, you can do that, and you could do that in a paper notebook. But you can also do it, and you can easily do it, and you know, categorizing your list on a computer. Yes. My last question. If you could go back in time to talk to younger David, 20-year-old David, what did you what do you know now that you didn't know then? To trust the inner voice, your intuition about sort of the highest good that you could be doing at any point in time or what you should be doing or what's the best thing that you need to focus on. I wasn't aware of that as an opportunity back then but mm. i use it regularly now so would you say follow your gut is that yeah or your liver or your heart or your soul or whatever i don't know you know whatever it is that kind of rings your bell you know yes. either way oh i like heart i'm gonna go with the heart follow your heart <laughs> and your brain and your yes well where can people find you and your book and, and best reach out to you? What I'll add it to the show notes. Uh, well, we don't sell my books. So go to your local bookstore. We love supporting local bookstores. So please do that and get the late version, the, the new 2015 version of Getting Things Done. You know, that's the manual of all this. And I've got, you know, two or three other books too. But that's kind of the, that's sort of the, the, the Bible, if you will, you know, of, of GPD. 
And so that's where you can get the book, but you can go to gettingthingsdone.com, which is our website. And if you're interested in deeper, a deeper dive with one-on-one coaching or going to a live training, which are great, by the way, just click on training and coaching and then click on your country. And then you'll see who our licensed uh, distributors are and that we've certified to do, do that training and coaching. So that would be great. If you just want to hear a bunch of me jabber about all kinds of different things and interviews, just go to gettingthingsdone.com slash YouTube and you'll see, <laughs> you'll see you know, lots of me talking to lots of different people about lots of different things about all this. So those are all options. If you go to our website, we have a free newsletter so you can sign up for that. That's you know pretty easy to do. Well, I completely wholeheartedly recommend listeners do that. I'm a big fan and I'm so grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much. Stacey, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.